Hey, welcome to the bullpen session. Uh, this is Patrick Lillis, and you know, happy you're listening and happy you're checking this out. I was uh, this going back actually recording. I'm going to share with you a conversation I had with director Estefania Fodul, who somebody we did right before I went to Virginia to direct. It's actually the last uh, interview in person pre. Uh, well, actually, I guess we did the Southeast Theater Conference once, but we did this face-to-face pre-corona. And uh, it was great, actually, sitting back and listening to it and going, oh, right, our interaction was uh, was different and lighthearted and fun and remembering that. Um, and before getting to that conversation, just uh, I hope everybody's doing great. I've been really thinking about creating and um what it means to be doing it at this time and thinking about what's next. And, you know, I don't know what theater is going to look like in the fall and summer. I just uh, was talking to somebody. The farm had a project where three colleges were going to send uh, about 20 students up and we were going to be in charge of the theater program. And, you know, I learned yesterday that that's not going to happen. I wasn't totally surprised. I didn't think that uh, three schools from the South would be like, hey, let's uh, send it up to the epic center of the pandemic, but sort of hoping that things would be normal by the fall. And and as I'm thinking about, you know, that's I'm sad to lose that project, but I'm thinking about what is important for us. And I think what's important is that we keep working intentionally. And by that, I mean, you know, I just, on Sunday this week, I hope you saw it, and if not, it's on the Farm Theater's Facebook, but our college collaboration play, Judith Leora's The Hierarchy of Fish, was live stream, and they they presented it on Zoom, and then we live streamed it over Facebook on our Facebook page, and it's there if people want to see it, and it was great. Um, it was great because it was, the whole process was over Zoom, so it was great for play development, great for the script, but really theatrical. I mean, they had moments, they had a pillow fight, they had moments of, they had uh, scenic elements, they made a video that was specific for the show, and I'm very proud of what we did, and I was proud of the students for, and the school for keep going, but mostly I thought about the intentionality of it. You know, there was a purpose behind it. It was scheduled for us to you know, to do, but it was scheduled to develop the play, but it was also a conversation about free speech and gender identity and something that the students all believed in. And so whether it was done live or done on Zoom didn't matter to them. What mattered is that they found a theatrical, creative, personal way of sharing it with people. And the idea that there was a live audience, you know, I hope if you didn't see it live that you'll check it out, watch part of it at least to see what they were capable of doing. But it was a shared experience with a couple hundred people watching live. And it was really exciting. And it made me think about just what we're doing as we move forward. And, you know, I love that we're all creating. And I think everybody is creating, you know, short videos and monologues and audible uh, stuff. And it's good to do that to stay connected. But it's also, it's now been long enough that I feel like, you know, let's start to think we, we've got ways of being connected, but when we think about the work to share, let's think about why we're doing it. What's the goal? And entertainment is a goal. That's a, that's a reason. But um, but I think we can rehearse it. You know, I think we don't have to share readings over the internet. I don't think we would, I wouldn't share a reading of my first draft of a play to 
the entire planet. And I don't think just because we're in the pandemic, we have to do that either. But we can rehearse and we can create great work and we can share uh, excellence with one another and, and, and things that we're really invested in. And I, and I, I think when I think about the fact that we don't know if when theaters are going to be opening and when gatherings are going to be happening, I think, you know, this is a time for us to still mind that craft and take advantage of, you know, the downtime, if there's downtime, I, from, it's funny, I think a lot of people I know who are teaching and performing and uh, doing other jobs are busier than ever because they're in these Zoom meetings constantly and things like that. But, um, but if you're finding yourself with time, you know, create something that's really important to you and or whatever you're creating, create it and rehearse it and craft it and use the technology as best as possible so that what you share it, you know, it's a product you're proud of. And I say that just because it's, we don't know how long it's going to be. And I think, uh, you know, if you need a place to be connected with somebody, we can do that uh, in a lot of ways. But, you know, if you're having an itch to make art, let's, uh, I, I was so proud of what Shenandoah did and think, you know, let's, let's uh, make it as high quality as you can. So I hope everybody's doing great. And also the other thing I always want to say is if you're not feeling like creating right now because you're feeling trapped in your house, you're worried about money, you're worried about health, you're worried, you're worried, you're worried, you're worried about whatever, um, you know, no pressure to create, take your time. And I'm really glad you're listening. Uh, and I loved, I met uh, Estefania and was impressed with her and was really glad to get to sit down and talk to her. And, you know, you'll hear about a project she was doing pre-corona about uh, voter awareness and uh, devised theater piece. And, you know, it just, it sounds really interesting and she has a great energy about her. So I'm, I'm happy to share that conversation with you and uh, hope you enjoy it. And with that, play ball. Is that the next project, the, the prisoners for you? Um, it's the I have one before that, and then and then that one. What are you doing um, before? Before that, I'm actually I'm creating a devised piece with an ensemble for the first time, which is very exciting, um, and it's focused on trying to get more Latinx voters to the polls in the next election. Um, so we've been working on it, you know, intermittently for over a year now, um, and it's really I feel like in the last couple of months it's felt like it's starting to find what it wants to be. And we're doing a workshop of it um, as part of the LaGuardia Performing Arts Center Rough Draft Festival in March. And so we'll do like test performances. It involves a lot of audience participation. So we're, it's a big part that we're trying to figure out in terms of how that's going to work. We how can test it out here and then hopefully take it to Florida um, in the fall in the run up to the election. Nice. So, yeah. And who are you, wait, who are you working with? And is it just, are you creating that ensemble? Did somebody, LaGuardia, did somebody bring you a no, we, um, so it was a thought that I'd had percolating for a while in terms of I really missed working in an ensemble setting because it was something that I'd done a lot in college. And I just, you know, I love working collaboratively, but I feel like the actual like ensemble nature of it is something that you don't always get. And so I wanted to create something like that um, with, you know, collaborators that I really loved and trusted. And it also just developed from 
I think, like, wanting to do something that felt like there was a solid political action attached to it. So, like, how how to use theater in a way that I think, like, something that theater does so well that we talk about all the time is it, you know, it creates empathy and it makes us, you know, understand other perspectives. But then how to then take that kind of, like, the next step in terms of solid action coming out of it. So I asked people I loved <laughs> and and we all got together and it's mainly it's mainly actors although some people also identify as writers within that or you know other disciplines and then um, an associate director and yeah we've just been we've been creating over the last year or so and just meeting on your on your own schedule mm-hmm. when you can yeah we've I been think. meeting um once or twice a month for rehearsal sessions, and then we all have work in between. And so it's both in terms of, like, creating the content, but also just in terms of the logistics of producing the thing and finding partners and, and venues and, and all that. So, yeah, it's like a whole whole other project. Great. Yeah, great. And when you said that mm-hmm. to action at the end, are you asking the audience to take action? Or is the what does that mean for you when yeah. you said that? Yeah, well, for this one, the goal was really to try to have the conversation with either like apolitical or undecided Latinx voters. So people kind of in the middle who maybe think that their vote may not matter too much or just aren't that interested for whatever reason. And A, just like empower people to use their voice um, because it does matter. And two, to like provide resources for how to do that. If, you know, I think the voting process is confusing by default and sometimes you don't even know what you're the way things are phrased on the ballot, sometimes you don't even know what you're voting for. So a lot of it was also to, yeah, just like provide the resources, provide the voter registration at the event. Um, we're hoping to have people sign a voting pledge before they leave, just saying that they will go and vote. Yes. Um, but also just to kind of break down the voting process and to personalize it to each place we go to so that some of the issues we talk about in the piece are local. Are local, exactly. That's great. So, yeah, we'll, we'll see. We're, we're at it. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, yeah, I think it's great. And also, just did you get the part of the local audience space? Is it, is it who's your audience there? That's, yeah. I'm, I'm curious who's coming in to, are, is it their audience? Are you inviting general population? Is it, the reason mm-hmm. I'm asking is if you're going to st- participate, the audience participation part. Right. Are they, do they know that that's part of their job when they're coming? Right, yeah. So (laughs) that's tricky in terms of the marketing and the way that we kind of put out the invitation to make it clear what it is while also kind of leaving some mystery and making that exciting. Um, We applied to the Rough Draft Festival at LPAC um, thinking it would be a great place to do it because it's in Long Island City. It's in Queens. There's a big Latinx population. And I also, I previously did the Rough Draft Festival with a different piece two years ago, so I have a relationship with them. And so it felt like something that, it was like the perfect testing ground for the piece because everyone who attends the festival knows it's like in-progress showings. So we could really test things out. And the great thing is they're also affiliated with LaGuardia um, Community College. And so our target audience, I would say, I mean, it's meant to be for multi, multi-generational multi audiences, but really focusing on, like, 15 to 25-year-olds. Um, and so they're actually hoping to bring lots of their classes to it, which is great. Um, and honestly, the audience size is so small. Like, we're trying to keep it to 30 to 40 people per showing, and there's only three showings. So, like, 
even just like with the classes and with doing some local outreach and then a few theater people who can give us feedback on the piece itself. Um, well, you'll yeah. be full. We'll be full. That's <laughs> we'll great. Yeah. That's also the, that is yeah. a perfect community too mm-hmm. to hit for the play. Yeah. And then after you do it, then then you're going to go down to Florida closer to... Yes, yeah. So after we do this one, I think we're going we're gonna to learn so much <laughs> about what, you know, what is working, but also I think a lot of what's not working. Um, and then the plan is to keep developing it and, like, really finessing it um, through the summer, early fall, and then in September, um, going down for at least a week, uh, hoping to do more depending on funding, but... Uh, but yeah, we would like take it, take it around Florida. So. That's cool. That's great. Yeah. How'd you get? Uh, it's funny. I'm thinking, how'd you get started in Devise Theater? Because mm-hmm. I'm thinking, not your job to think about the early career person, but I'm thinking it's mm-hmm. more, more recently people are doing it that way. And your role as director, is you know, it's a different role than say I'm going to go to right. Virginia to direct this play. Right. You know, and just yeah. how did that start, and how do you maintain that? How do you find projects? But mainly, mm-hmm. how did the interest start? I'm curious about that. Yeah, I mean, I think this is actually, I'd say, the first since college, the first, like, real devised piece I've done. So it's been, like, 10 years <laughs> since I've done one. Um, I think that it's something that, for me, I've always been really interested in, in the the way that it's super collaborative and that you can kind of you can kind of take any topic that's super interesting to you and to the ensemble and explore it in different ways and so I'm, I'm intrigued by like the originality of it in terms of you know creating something where you're exploring these questions that are of interest to the group from you know from the early stages of it and seeing what that I think something I've discovered through this process is that sometimes what you start off with is not necessarily what you end up with which is great I mean that happens in any theater process um but so yeah so for me it was something because I've been part of this theater ensemble in college and we did do some devised work I loved working in that way, but it just wasn't really what I was doing my first few years in New York. I was doing other things. Um, And it's been kind of a process in a way of finding my way back to it over the last few years and getting to the point where, I mean, this is something I'd been wanting to do for a few years now and then finally just committing to it and saying, like, this is something I want to do. I'm going to have to create that opportunity for myself. Um, Yeah, really, it's funny because I used to when I was in college, which was more than 10 years ago. Uh, but I used to create, it was more, uh, I did a thing called No Nonsense, but it was very political theater, and it was more in the style of Saturday Night Live. Like, there was a band, but it was also what late-night television has become. Oh, cool. Like, the Daily Show idea, but it was more sketch political stuff on themes and did it every year uh, with music. And I thought, right, but when I graduated... That's a whole different energy of creating right. your own stuff, and right. which more power to people who did it. But then I went and assisted people and started directing mm-hmm. in that career. But I'm thinking the idea of devising theater and ensemble work is coming up more and more, especially yeah. at college level, and people mm-hmm. wanting to do that and wanting to be more inclusive right. in right. the vision. And I think it was right. it was interesting when you said, and then I had to find my way back to it and make that commitment because mm-hmm. I, I think it's hard. <laughs> That's right. my simple thing, right. is to go, I think it's hard to find the support for it and say, what is the structure? I'm creating the structure of devised work, and then right. where am I presenting the work? And how am, so when you right. said, and how am I doing that? How are you doing that? How are you finding yeah. the place to present when you click the, this is great because you yeah. found a festival, mm-hmm. right? That's the test. That's yeah. a great place to test it. And then yeah. 
do you have a plan for Florida for going down and or are you yeah. still working on that? We're, we're working it out, but the plan, because it's not a piece that really wants to only live in traditional theater spaces, so we're thinking, in addition to maybe some traditional theaters, really where our audience is, that we, you know, where we want to take this is to universities, to schools, to community centers, to maybe church basements, things like that, um, so that we're really creating this experience of... Uh, you know, it's it's focused on the theme of a party. So the audience is entering this party, and there's food, there's live music. And so it really feels more like a community gathering in a way, and the focus stays on the fact that the audience is such a key part of the piece, and as opposed to, like, a more traditional theater space. Yeah, and I think also thinking about, you know, the audience that we're trying to reach is not necessarily people who go to the theater a lot. Um, some of them might, some of them don't necessarily, but that's not the focus of the piece. So... I think also finding ways to to go there. Right, and also yeah. to invite people who want to come to an event. Yes, you know, exactly. Yeah, and, yeah. And, and be there. That's, yeah. It's great. And it's, it's funny. It takes more, I'm hearing it and going, also it takes more energy because you're changing mm -hmm. the model, but at the same time it also creates different, I wanted to say it eliminates certain barriers because you don't have to worry about certain you don't have to become some part of somebody's season, you right? Know, right. We're going to go to this, do our own thing. Yeah. This, you know, <laughs> yeah. those challenging things that happen, right? Right. Um, but you can schedule it and you can create the environment for it. And I think yeah. it's it's great. Yeah, and I do think with, I mean, it feels like, and again, as someone who, I haven't done a ton of devised theater, but I do think, especially when you're starting out in that realm, it does feel like it's something that is so driven by the people who are doing it. So it's a little different in some ways than you know, getting hired to do a directing job uh, in that, obviously, you know, you have to drive that in your own way. But in terms of the producing of it, the making sure, you know, keeping people on track with their tasks, making sure that we're meeting, you know, like things like that. Um, I think it's, yeah, it just feels like it's a matter of you just kind of have to do it and then like really stick to it. And, you know, it's hard because people's schedules get in the way. Everyone has other stuff going on, of course. But I think just like the keeping the focus on the end goal is something that we've really... And then also, at. and when you, yeah, it's that outside you become, and when you're creating the, I think you become this at some point about your own career, about becoming a producer, mm -hmm. but in creating device piece, yeah, you're keeping everyone focused on the next goal, the next step, and then when you get together, creating that space so the actual work yes, can happen. exactly. You know, yeah. That's, yeah. that's always the, I think that's the challenge too, because all of a sudden we get in our head about, producing yes yeah you forget right. like all right we have to <laughs> let's now put that away and go to create something yeah no and it's it's funny that you say that because i feel like that's been my over the last few months that's been my constant struggle between this project and also um paloma that because i'm also self-producing both i mean in conjunction with other people but that it's so easy to get caught up in the in the grind of the logistics of the producing and then actually creating the space for the artistic work and pre-production and thought and spending time with the script or whatever it is that needs to happen. I've been finding that now I'm having to treat that as like actually setting aside blocks in my calendar where I'm like, this is my work time. And and that means that I'm actually just going to be working on the artistic part of it, which is right. equally part of the work. It is the work. It's the work. It's the work. And sometimes we get caught up in other stuff. Yeah, it's, uh, it's funny. I've been running the farm theater, which, uh, and now we're six years old, and it's mm. not until this year did I really mark, like, okay, there has to be a 
parameter around administrative time because yeah. otherwise there's no creative time. And there, and I was fine, you know, I was doing creative things. I was directing and I was writing every now and but it would, it would never stop. And I thought, okay, you have to, because yeah. otherwise the creative time doesn't have that full totally. time it needs. And it totally. Needs it. it really does. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I feel like that's the constant, like, artist struggle, right? <laughs> yeah. 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 And so that's why I was also curious about the devised work, because the more yeah. and more I hear, there's a, there's actually a college that I'm, Oklahoma City University, I talked to them about, we, the farm does this college collaboration, and mm -hmm. we partner playwrights with them, but they do devised work. And, um, and I thought it was interesting that it's, um, part of their season regularly concentrated. I feel like it's either every other okay. year or every year. I forget which, oh, but, nice. it's, but it's consistent. And I started, I realized that that is more of something that is not just for the ambitious student, but that it's becoming part of curriculum. And I thought, oh, how do you make that, how do you make that into work? How yeah. How do you make that, you know, right, out right. once you graduate? Um, yeah, I know it's. I mean, it's a great question because <laughs> <laughs> I do. I do feel like there's much less institutional support for it, um, and I think that you know, once companies or or uh, collaborations get to a certain point, then like there is more of that. But it does feel like at the beginning, you just kind of have to Find just have space. it be your own thing. Yeah, and I do think that like with the voting project too, we're finding that a lot of and with Paloma actually. Um, there's a lot of resources that come just in terms of space grants or. You know, even literally having the physical space to get together and is huge. And we've been very lucky to have that with both um, both projects. And I think just like finding, yeah, finding those kind of unexpected resources or, or the people who will help you, you know, do the videography or the photography or things like that. Just kind of pulling everyone in from your from your communities. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and, and everyone will help. Yes. Yeah. Eventually. Yeah. <laughs> No, it's it's so true. It really is. You know, I've been thinking a lot about this with Paloma. I think it's something that, I mean, I, I've i always thought this, but it's really felt so clear in the last few months, even as we're just pulling everything together, that the community around a project is so key to the project. I mean, that sounds so obvious, but I think that even beyond the theater people, quote unquote, working on it, it just, it really takes a village. <laughs> and so I think the more, and people are excited about that kind of work, especially, you know, people who don't do theater are also very excited about finding ways to get involved. So I think, yeah, just finding ways to harness that energy. Yeah, I, I, I agree. I agree. I, I, you said, and I thought of a bunch of things, but one of the things I thought, you know, simply like the podcast, I was going to say, oh, when I started it, you know, immediately there was a graphics because you need a graphic. And there was a graphic right. person yeah. uh, who said, oh, I'll help. And you, you need music. And somebody was like, oh, I'll, I'd love to help. You know? yeah. and, and I'm like, oh, thank God. Right. And, it, but it's, <laughs> and it, part of what makes me proud of the work is that those things are excellent. Yes. And yeah. Because they, people were excited to support and help and I, I I mean I thought about it in other ways too when you said it because I was also I talked last podcast uh, episode but I went to this play new play festival in West Palm Beach mm -hmm. and the audience was great there were 200 people who came to every play wow in the all five in this conference and and they would meet you on the street and talk about your play and I thought oh that's amazing all right that's part of that community of, right that's why the festival's working but also what made the place better is because they were they weren't 
they were interested. That's you know? amazing. Yeah. Was, yeah, and, yeah. It, and it's not what you think. You know, I'm not thinking, oh, West Palm Beach, that's going to be a vibrant <laughs> new play audience. Right. 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 It was, but it was, it was, and it takes a, it made it feel when you said it takes a village. I went right. Every aspect, the audience, the other artists, the videographer, the yeah. the people you're going to talk to about booking spaces in the colleges, because once they get excited about it, and it's not going to be maybe the theater department, but maybe it's the poly, you know, whatever. Yeah, department. you never know. You yeah. never know. Yeah, no, um, that's true. And I think like the finding, that's the thing, you like never know where the support's going to come from in all ways, you know, like whether it's in terms of the producing or even just in terms of career-wise is something that I've been thinking about. Like you... Sometimes even like the places where you think it's going to come from is not actually where you end up finding your artistic homes, and then other places that you never expected is kind of where you find that. So good, and I can ask you one of my questions, which is, who, who or what? Where do you think? Who or what gave you? Who helped you get to the next level? Whatever, however mm -hmm. you want to define that. When you think in like in your journey of support, mm -hmm. oh, this moment helped, mm. you know, or got me there. Like what? Yeah. Um, it's so hard because I feel like so many, so many things. But, but I do think in terms of like my career post college, um, I guess even before that, I would say just like professors were incredibly supportive, and that also helps post college in terms of having initial people to talk to you and connect to you and all of that. Um, and also but, point you in the right, point you in the yes. direction just by making you aware. Of where you might exactly. want to work. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And I think, like, for me, college was huge in that way because, like, I wasn't aware of, like, the off-Broadway theater scene before that. And then I was, I went to school close enough to the city where, like, we would come in and see stuff. And I went to theaters that I would have never known about at that point otherwise and saw really exciting, more experimental stuff. And, yeah, I think if it, you know, obviously if it weren't for being exposed to that through those people, I wouldn't have known about it. Um and I think that, you know, it's interesting because I like post college, I feel like the first few years were felt difficult in terms of like finding my footing um, and finding that support. I mean, there were lots of people who supported me, but in terms of like finding the opportunities uh, that felt like, you know, it would, was a step forward or, or um, moving in the direction I was hoping to move. And I think for me, Knowing that I wanted to direct, a lot of what I was focusing on was trying to get ADing opportunities, and I found it really hard at the beginning. Um, and I think, yeah, it's it's interesting because I feel like I I was sending out a lot of letters and um, to like artistic directors or to directors I admire, just hoping that like I could be in a room somewhere in any capacity. Um, and it was actually much more difficult to get in than I thought. Um, and I have to say, like, Michael Barakiva, who's a, a director who had gone to the same college as me before, um, he gave me the kind of the first opportunity to, like, be in his process and be in, in the room. And he was starting at that point. He has a company now called Upstart Creatures. At that point, he was just about to start it. It was, you know, an idea. And there were so many actors involved in that process and so many other, you know, theater people and and just to have the opportunity to be in that experience was really key for me. Um, and I feel like after that, too, I feel like I was like 2013, and a lot of other ADing opportunities started popping up. And I do think like that year was also the year that I did the Lincoln Center Directors Lab. And I, for me, that actually was a huge turning point. Um, not so much, I mean, the lab for sure, like the lab was great, and, uh, but really in terms of the colleagues that I came out of it with, 
which I never, ever expected that that was going to be the thing <laughs> that I would kind of right, it's going to be a community. It. Right. Yeah. 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 And I think like I was I remember I was terrified to do it because it's like 70 directors. And at that point, especially too, I mean, I still now sometimes, but like, you know, you feel inadequate or you feel like you don't belong or like, you're, you know, you shouldn't be there. And I was like terrified to be in a room with so many other directors. And then I actually came out of it with some of my best friends still to this day and not just best friends, but like collaborators and and support network. And I think that at that point, that changed everything in terms of me feeling like I had a community, like you said, um, and having people who understood, you know, the same exact thing that <laughs> I was going through because, um, you know, many people who, you know, who aren't doing it don't necessarily get what. Right. what this thing is. <laughs> and, and I also yeah. think, I don't, you know, it's, it's good. If, talking to another director is great because, yeah, when you come out, you're, you're it, the community of actors, you know, you're used to the fact that like 10 actors are going to an audition and there's right. one part and all this, but there's one director yeah. in the whole thing. Yeah. And so that, it is nice to have another a community of peers to talk to and say, mm -hmm. this is what my experiences are and this is what I'm interested in. And, yeah. And yeah. also... I'm curious. It's interesting to me because I wanted to say the assisting part mm -hmm. and the lab going, you the Lincoln Center lab mm -hmm. happening the same year. Yeah, both created community, right? Is that yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And, and it's interesting to me because I was like, oh, the, I think assisting is a great. That's a great. It, it's one of the things you have to do as a director. It's great to see somebody else manage the room. Yeah. You know. And, yeah. And you learn about directing, sure, but you learn so many other things too. Yeah. And I think it is one of the things people tell people to do, and then I do too. I'm like, get in the room, get in the room, right. get in the room. Right. And I think, but get in. There's not just one room. Like getting right. in the room you were in, you mm -hmm. it, it's uh, it started something. You know. Definitely. And Definitely. I think that's. I think it's it's great to hear, and I also because mm -hmm. I also forget it's so ridiculous that it's so hard to start. You know, when right. you said I wasn't getting responses, I thought it would be easier, and I went mm -hmm. right. I would think it would be easier too, but I don't know why I think that it's not easy. <laughs> right? Yeah. Yeah. No. I mean, it's and you know it is, and for some people, it you know it's it's one of those things. I think in general with this is like because it's so different for everyone, and you just never know. So like. I, you know, I have seen people who like, you know, come right out of college and and maybe they've already met someone who's going to let them in the room or whatever it is. But it, it is it just kind of happens more quickly, which is also great, you know, but I think that the idea that it's going to happen super quickly is is definitely not the case for everyone. And it's I think good to like get out of that mindset a little bit. Yeah, no, it's true. And I, th I think part of the reason I think about it is I was like, oh, right, I went and interned in Maine. You know, mm -hmm. I went up to Portland stage, and because I, you know, and then from there, assisted one person and that one person at, at Mark Lamos at Hartford stage, and then I came into, with him, came to a show in New York. Got it. So that I was like, oh, I'd done some assisting. I'd seen that room, and I, before I started to make New York my home. Right, right. You know, and I was like, and I, because I came that way, came with a assisting position I was like I already have started to build a community and then I started to direct and do different things right and, you know yeah <laughs> then you yeah. bounce from like then I'm directing in this small little room and then coming back to assist somebody and yeah 
<laughs> yeah, no, it's and assisting true. somebody in a bigger room. <laughs> yeah, no, exactly. And I mean, I think like what you're saying too also also points to just the fact that it is all relationship based, and the kind of like bigger your networks are, the more people you're meeting, especially if it's you know if you're doing good work and you're a good person to work with. Um, hopefully, you know that just opens more more doors in that way. So it does feel kind of like a multiplying effect in a way. Yeah. Yeah, and and. Where did you feel, um, I don't, when did you start to direct? When did you start mm -hmm. to take on your projects? When did it, when did something happen where it's like, oh, now I'm working, I'm going to Virginia State, or, mm -hmm. right? Right. Right, did I have that right? That you were working in Virginia directing something. Oh, yes, at the Heritage to... Theater Festival, but, yeah. But, um, mm -hmm. but, or wherever, it doesn't right. have to be that, but I'm right. just thinking, like, how does it go from I'm assisting for you, right. how did that happen? Yeah. Um, it was, well, so actually at the very beginning, um, I co-founded a theater company with a friend from college who had been in that same theater ensemble in college. And that I think came out of, you know, what happens to many people when they first arrive in New York, which is that, or anywhere, <laughs> which is that you're not going to necessarily get hired to be doing what you want to be doing, especially when it's, you know, as a director or a producer, one of those positions, you people aren't going to necessarily trust you with with their work until they know you. So we created a theater company just to be able to do our own work, and that was actually also a great way in in terms of meeting more people, in terms of being able to invite people to something, and just again creating a community. Um, and so that I would say like that part of it was kind of first for me. Um, because definitely, you know, no one was going to be hiring me at that point. Um, and then it developed, I think for me, I did a few directing fellowships um, that really started to change the game a little bit more for me after that. Um, and one was uh, the Drama League Directors Project, which that, that feels like the next kind of turning point for me, I guess, after the Lincoln Center Directors Lab in terms of actually getting to a point where like other people were treating me like a director and like kind of saying like yes you're a director <laughs> um and to take yourself seriously in that way um and so i think it just really helped in terms of confidence and in terms of um opening obviously other doors and and that did involve assisting um but it also involved doing like a short piece at the end and and I want to say i did that program also amazing yes <laughs> um, yes okay Hundred years ago. Yeah, cool. That's and, awesome. But yeah. yeah, but it. But you're right because that's when mm -hmm. I I did it right after I did the Mark thing in the city. But then okay. you assist a couple times mm -hmm. and you direct, and it's it is an interesting moment because you you sort of self claim yourself a director. Yeah. And then you, I think like any the Malcolm Gladwell thing, you know, you put in that number of hours of doing it, and then you, you are that. Right. Right. But that other that thing of where other people start thinking of you as a director. Yeah. Is, vitally yeah. important it's so yeah it's so important i do feel like that program in particular puts a really big focus on it which it was just so surprising you know to walk into a room and be like oh i'm like being treated like a serious director <laughs> um yeah so that yeah that's great and i think like that's a great thing for you know people who are looking for opportunities to look into um and the other thing with that one, as with so many of the fellowships, is that you have a cohort. So once again, it goes back to the colleagues and the peers. And I think, again, those people also became 
part of that community for me. Um, we still, you know, support each other, help each other out, that kind of thing, pass jobs along to each other. Um, and so I feel like that was that was big. Um, but then I think in terms of moving kind of totally away from assisting, um, something that was super helpful was the O'Neill um, National Directors Fellowship, which uh, they, they, so they have a partnership with the National New Play Network. And so the idea is that you basically, as a fellow, you kind of come with, with some money <laughs> and you um, focus, you take a year, you're kind of focusing on new play development and, and that process with, uh, with the folks at the O'Neill. And then at the end of it, you have some sort of residency at a theater, um, at an NNPN theater. And through the fellowship, they're kind of helping cover your fee, your directing fee. And so it just makes it like that much more attractive to theaters to take a chance on someone that they don't necessarily know. Um, How did that come about? How did you get yeah. that? Um, there's so there's an application process online, um, and they so it was originally a five year fellowship because that was what the grant was for, and they just announced they're going to be able to do it at least for a sixth year this coming year, which is great. Um, so applications I think are actually open. I think right now. Apply now. Apply now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and it's like a short window I think for the application. So like. But it was just it was just just an application online, not a not a. It's not oh I know this person let me recommend you. It, it may come with recommendations, but it was right. you self generated the application. Yes, exactly, which is great. exactly. You yeah you apply and then yeah I think you need to include recommendations and there's obviously you know an interview process and all of that. But but yeah the original thing is to apply. That's correct. So Good. yeah <laughs> yeah, um, and I think what's great about it is that it. I just got to know theaters that I would probably never have known otherwise because a lot of the theaters, you know, around the country that, you know, I feel like I'm very much in like this New York bubble, as so many of us are. Um, and, you know, you hear sometimes with like the bigger regionals and stuff, but you don't necessarily know about all the other amazing theaters that are out there. And this fellowship really focused on, on that. And so even indirectly, um, you know, I ended up meeting people from other theaters and that that kind of becomes an ongoing conversation. So it's, it doesn't just kind of end with the fellowship. Um, and I also think that I honestly like relationships with writers because I, I do a lot of new work mainly. And so a lot of a lot of my work over the last few years has been because I have a collaboration with a writer and then there's opportunities to either develop the work or to have a production of it or, you know, whatever it is. And then usually that comes from the writer. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. It feels like it's just something – sometimes you, like, track back, like, how you met someone or how that opportunity came along, and it can track back literally, like, 10, 15 years sometimes, and then <laughs> – I mean, that's yeah. it. I think I think everywhere – yeah, I, I was telling – we started the conversation. I was talking about the job I'm doing now, and yeah. the two actors that I know, we did a – I directed them in a play 15 years ago, mm. and I met the other one um, – almost 30 years ago when I was assisting at Hartford. Oh, like, cool, yeah. But, but that re long-term relationship, and then, you know, they're missing it. They're right. losing a director for, you know, another job, and they recommend yeah. me. You know, totally. but it's like, right, it's 15 years later. You yeah, know, yeah. And you do, you track <laughs> it back, like, oh, right, that's how that happened. And, uh, and I think it's amazing because you are constantly building relationships and building mm -hmm. that network, and that's how the the steps happen yeah um 
Yeah. But it was something, and I think I'm interested, it's funny, I know my experience, but I'm interested in the idea of keeping those relationships when you become aware of other theaters, you know, outside of your immediate community. Mm. How are you, like, how are you doing this? I don't know how I'm doing it very <laughs> well. How are you managing relationships <laughs> with, like, I just worked, you know, I was in West Palm Beach, right? And it was a great experience. Yeah. It's a new play festival. I wrote the play. I'm not, I wasn't directing. I wrote the play. I, I, I don't imagine they're going to produce that play this year. Mm -hmm. I don't imagine they're going to produce that play any year. But <laughs> they, but it's like that idea of like maintaining that, that relationship is easy. I, had, I was there for a great week. Yeah. But while there, you meet three other right. theaters and people who come and talk to you. And one of them was the New Play Network's directing mm -hmm. fellow who's at a theater in Florida. Nice. And I thought, oh, that's great. You know, I'll email and I'll do that. But right. I'm curious how you, what do you do? How do you maintain your relationship with the with community as you meet them and then move away? Because I think yeah. that's the challenge of directing early. Right. You know, not, we're not all going to work in New York. Right. You know, we're going to work very rarely. Over, very <laughs> yeah. rarely to make a living. We're right. going to work. Yeah. We can all work here for free for a very long time. <laughs> yeah. But that idea of maintaining that relationship, and I'm just curious what you do or what you're, yeah. you know, and, and maybe. I don't know. I mean, I think, I think I know some people who are really good at it. I have, like, the constant reach outs, um, you know, like, emailing whenever they're going to be somewhere where, like, they know that person. Um, I feel like I, I don't know. I mean, I think I like, I try to, you know, if I'm going somewhere and I know that there's, you know, that theater is there or, or maybe a friend had connected me to their friend at the theater or something. If I have time, like, great. Like I'll try to set up a meeting or, or try to meet up with them. Um, but I think for me, it also, I don't know. I guess for me, it just feels important that it's all, it also feels like a genuine connection. Um, and so I think you kind of find those people that you connect with and you want to work with them and they hopefully want to work with you. And then it just becomes, it feels like it's an ongoing conversation from that point in that, I mean, obviously not like all the time, but that it's, you know, if you're going to, if you have work that's happening that you want to invite them to, like I if it's something that I really want people to see, even if it's someone who's not in New York, I'll still let them know about it just on the off chance that they're in New York and they often are in New York. Um, and so I think like just letting them know you're still interested, but also it, yeah, it just almost feels like an ongoing conversation, maybe years down the line, something like it'll turn into a job, maybe not, but regardless, it feels like just like continue. I don't know, just kind of like a normal no, I think, relationship, I guess. I, what yeah. you're saying makes perfect sense to me, and I'm like, yeah. that is it. It's because it's not, I think if you, I, it's funny, I think there are those people who are great at just emailing constant, con, you know, and staying in constant contact and keeping right. that awareness going. I am not one of those people. I'm one of those people with the genuine contact. Mm -hmm. And I think, I was thinking of another thing, I'm, a, I'm, I'm working with, a, I'm a dramaturg for an organization. We're going to, in a year, produce this person's play. And I'm like, right, how did that relationship happen? I, I saw a play of theirs 20 years ago. Mm -hmm. And because my fr because my friend was running the Playwrights Center in Minneapolis, I was visiting. We went to see a play at a college that was one of their playwrights produced. His name's Vince Delaney. And, um, and then we got along. 
Yeah, yeah, <laughs> like, no, exactly. And I'm like, right, and yeah. that was, you know, as you're describing, I went, right, that's the person in my head. I went, we stayed right. in contact for 20 years, and and then a place that got submitted, it may be a little, right. maybe less than 20 years, it might be 15, but it's somewhere in that range. And, uh, you know, and I put that play on the top of the pile. Right, you know, yeah, <laughs> To of say, I, I know this person and I like this play. Absolutely, you know, yeah. And you're, yeah. And you're right, because that relationship is authentic. And the, un, the yeah. other ones, you're... Every now and then I have no hope, but I put out the email anyways. Right. <laughs> yes. I mean, it can't hurt, I guess. <laughs> but yeah, yeah. I mean, I think that, yeah, it's sometimes so unexpected. I mean, like you said, like I'm thinking like some of my playwright collaborators, when I met them or, you know, like the things kind of started the relationship sometimes was like very random. Like we happened, like I'm thinking of one person who I was having coffee with yesterday, but we met randomly at the NNPN showcase a few years ago when I was there as a fellow. Um, and that wasn't really, you know, the focus of us being at the conference was to like meet with the theaters, but happened to meet these other playwrights and, and other directors who were there. And we like really hit it off and now we're friends and with some of them collaborators. And that was just, you know, it's random, <laughs> but it's like who you connect with. Cause I think that in this in this type of work specifically too, like you are in such close contact with people with the work and the work is so personal often that it also, you want to be creating with people that you want to be in the room with. Yeah. Um, uh, on that, who do you, what do you think when, when you think about starting out and before that community, yeah. um, what do you, what do you think you carry with you when you're, I want to say into the room, but in the room to me means it could mean at a conference, it could mean anything, whatever that means. What do you think you mm. carry with you that maybe you didn't when you were starting? Yeah. Um, <sighs> that's hard. Um, I guess, I mean, I guess kind of going back to our conversation about uh, just like the kind of confidence that you gain over time a little bit that... I think, I mean, I think it's talked about a lot, but people talk about imposter syndrome all the time. Um, and I think it's something that's very true for many, if not everyone, all people. Um, but I think something that I kind of realized a few years ago was that actually just that, that everyone does have it. So even people that you think are super established or who've had very long careers or are at the top of their game or just people that you maybe look at them and you don't expect them to necessarily feel that way um i just i yeah i had that realization a few years ago through some conversations that like that happens to everyone for the most part from my experience it doesn't stop right because yeah. the people who are at the top of their game are like right but somebody's going to find out this isn't my game <laughs> like, i'm supposed to be right. supposed to be way down there yeah, yeah yeah and i think like the um i think realizing that and realizing that I guess in that way, like, then everyone, if everyone feels like they don't belong, then everyone, everyone belongs. Um, and I, I, I guess, so in a way, I've kind of been able to, like, find ways to push that to the back of my mind a bit more. Even, I mean, I think it'll, again, like you said, it'll always be there. But, but I think just realizing that, you know, ultimately, we kind of make, we make the rules of our own room. We make the rules of the spaces we want to be in. And it might not be you know, what other people have done before us, but that, like, that's, you know, what, that's what we bring to it. It's, like, whatever, I feel like personality is also a huge part of it. Like, every person has their own personality. As directors, we're creating a space that, in some ways, is reflective of that. And, 
that it, that's whatever that is 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 okay. Like we're creating spaces that we also want to be in and where you know people around the table can feel like they belong. I think that's great. I think yeah. that's and it's true. I think we I think as directors we do that organically mm-hmm. or and we do like we that's what we bring. Right. But I think it took me I think I did it organically and naturally, and then there was a point where it took you to realize, like, no matter what room you're in, you create the room mm-hmm. you want, you know? And I remember yeah. when that dropped in of, like, oh, right, I know I saw people work here this way and they work that way. And I'm like, but I don't work that way. Right. And I'm like, I don't have to because they're bringing yeah. me into this room. <laughs> totally. I like. So I feel like I've... I feel like that's just really dropped in for me in the last couple of years, like the the acceptance of that and the fact that I don't have to try to fit into what, you know, it, I think the director might have to be in this room, you know, that I can actually, I'm, I just have to create the room that I feel is right, the right I'm room the, to create. I'm the director. <laughs> right. Exactly. What? Yeah. But it is, yeah. I remember, it was, I was probably guessing from our conversation, I was probably you, you, like your age when I when I was, when that changed, because I mm-hmm. started thinking like, well, I, if I go into the, a certain room of a certain stature, I have to behave like that, this person I've seen before. Right. And this is how it's, and I had no interest in that, because I can't create the way other people create. Right. You know, and we just can't do that. And yeah. it's not that I had no interest, I wanted a job, but, uh, <laughs> but I, but I, but it doesn't drive me, it drives me to create Right. the environment around the room and do investigate the things I'm interested in investigating. And, yeah. you know, and same as I get, you know, we all are that way, I hope. Totally. So, yeah, no, it's good. When you said it, I went, right, that's what we learn. And I think that we create the room and, and the mm. environment. And I'm, and that, I liked hearing your description of it because we want to create the inclusive table mm-hmm. so that everybody's invited to participate. Right, right. But we do it our way. Yeah. So right. I think that's a, it's a great yeah. thing to bring with you. Yeah, yeah. I think just like there's no like right way to do it, right? Like it's it's different for everyone and I think that that's something you kind of realize maybe more over time. Yeah, yeah. And they start, you know, it's funny I think about directing like oh there's this way of, you know, you start to get these books and theories and things of like what the job is and then I think that those are important tools, but we are going to use the tools completely differently. Right. You know. Right. And so I think it's great. Yeah. Um when I, it's so funny because I'm like I have one more like written question, but I'm just gonna ask when 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 we met, uh, you were at the leadership conference. Oh yeah, the Nalek Leadership Institute. Yeah. And I wanted to know, I'm curious what it was, but mm-hmm. also what, how did you become aware of it? You can say what it was because I forgot the name and I just knew it was a leadership. Yeah. Um, but how did that come about, and and what made you think? Hey, that's something I want to do. Because I think it's yeah. interesting. Because after a little, tell me what it was. Um, it was the Leadership Institute through NALIC, which is the National Association of Latino Arts and Cultures. And because I thought, oh, it's great. After a certain point, there's something interesting about deciding, oh, I'm going to be a leader. Mm-hmm. You know, that's different than I'm going to start <laughs> the beginning of my career. There's a recognition right. of what that means. Right. How did that invitation come about? How did you pursue it? What, how did, tell me about it. I mean, I think that as, you know, I think by default as directors, we are, you know, we are leaders. We're the leaders of the the room and the space. And I think the more 
the more I've come to realize that over the years and the more um, I've come to realize that I was also interested in, in artistic leadership in terms of like how does that then fit into a larger organization or, or group that that there's so many, um, you know, for me, like as a Latina director, um, a lot of what I bring into the space is that as well. You know, like a lot of the work that I'm creating is Latinx focused, not all of it, but a lot of it is. Um, and that I also, I wanted to create, make sure that I was like in the best position to create spaces that allowed other people to also kind of bring their bring their best to them. And I think that even as a freelance director, what I was finding over the last few years where where I've been consistently freelancing um, is that I'm entering all these different institutions around the country um, and that usually if I'm coming in there, you know, to quote unquote direct their Latinx play, <laughs> there's this certain... Um, you almost become like a cultural ambassador in a way in terms of usually the institution is a primarily white institution or or just not an institution that is, you know, culturally specific in terms of Latinx work or you could apply that to like any, you know, any other culture. Um, but that, you know, I as the director and some, the playwright or whoever is in, are in those positions of relative power compared to to other people in the process that we become these like cultural leaders and ambassadors in a way within that. And so I was also just trying to figure out how to navigate that in terms of what is my role, like realizing that my role when I come in to direct somewhere is not just to direct the show, um, but that there is this component of creating the converse, helping create the conversation around the show and helping figure out how to actually have it engage more specifically with audiences um, and kind of having this fine line of wanting to do as much of that as possible while also not wanting to do the work of the institution for them when it's like long-term work that they need to be doing and it's not my job to do it for them. So yeah, so basically as I was thinking a lot about like leadership and what that meant, um, I was really intrigued by the NALIC Leadership Institute in particular just because of the focus on like the Latinx lens. Um, and I went in kind of hoping to also just pick up some of those tools in terms of how to how to be a leader with this kind of cultural aspect right. while also making sure that I'm not the one doing the work for other people that's not my work to do, if that makes sense. Um, so yeah, so I mean, I think, and also as I've been thinking about starting my own company in the next few years, like it was also like lots of like practical Leadership. Tools, yeah, exactly. Um, and I think I've always, because even from the time I was little, I was kind of, you know, quote-unquote self-producing. <laughs> um, I feel like I've just known that eventually, especially as I think about, like, down the line, um, where I want to be and kind of, like, you know, even, like, what the directing work is kind of headed towards. Like, I think that I would want to be in an artistic leadership position. And so just, like, starting to build some of those, and did those you, tools. It's great, because yeah. I... Uh, I agree, and it's funny. I think that is the role of the director, and it's interesting. I, I started the farm theater, cultivate early career artists, because mm -hmm. I found, as I was going out to freelance, I was investing in communities and yeah. the development of people, and I thought, oh, well, that's actually what I like to do. Mm -hmm. I'm going to go, yeah, do that. And I think we do. We put we are put in a position of doing that, 
uh, and it's a great position. That's the role, I yeah. think, um, yeah. part of it. And did you, did you, so you became aware of it and you applied on your own and, and mm -hmm. to, to go to the yeah. conference. I'm yeah. Say. Great. Yeah. I applied and yeah. And it was actually, it was really wonderful because there were, so it was all Latinx arts and culture people, but only a few of us were theater people. And for me, that was great because I also, I love theater people, like theater people in my community, but it was also really nice to have the conversations with a wider lens um, and to see, you know, there were people there who are visual artists or people there who are running like after school arts programs or, or music based things or dancers. So it was just lots of different arts fields and to be able to have these conversations across disciplines um, was wonderful. I think much like in the beginning when we talked about it's a village, it's nice to just mm -hmm. to engage other yeah. collaborators of all disciplines because, yeah. yeah, it's good to get you to, it's good for me to think differently. And yes. also not to yeah. just be aware of like... Right, not create in a vacuum. Of, yeah. 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 Um, this is great. What I want to ask, my last question is to ask if you have any advice that you would share. Um, yeah, I mean, I think, you know, I think just remembering that it's every, everyone's journey is so different, right? And I think that that's something, you know, it's hard sometimes as you go, go through it or, you know, when you're having those more difficult periods or, or rejection or whatever is happening or, um, and I think there really is, like, if you... I mean, I looked like the, you know, many people who have been mentors to me um, or even my peers. And like, we've all had such different experiences. I'm sure you can relate to that, that there really is. I mean, there's no path for how to do this. And so I think that like staying true to the work is ultimately what carries you through. And so I think just like finding like going back to what it is that's your passion in all of this. And, and I think there's. I've been finding that kind of like the longer I'm in it, the more of those kind of like jaded moments or periods of, oh God, like what, what is it that we're actually doing? Um, the more that that happens. And I think just like finding the, the ways to reconnect with, with the, the art and what, why it is that you're actually doing it instead of letting the noise kind of yeah. get in is really key. And it's interesting to me because the rejection is so, it's funny. I think we look at it as like, I didn't, get something so that part of that like something i know nothing about didn't happen <laughs> and like, right yeah and we forget to spend time that when because i'm hearing it and going yeah we all have all this rejection or sometimes it's not even rejection anymore uh i've noticed lately you don't hear right you know yeah that's true. different than right than an outright than the outright <laughs> you know not, yeah. not now thing and it's <laughs> funny though because i think if you when we focus on the thing that didn't happen mm -hmm. you lose so much track of the fact of all the things you're doing you know because yeah. you didn't yeah. stop creating and directing right. and getting into another room i didn't get into that room right while i'm in this one right you know right or creating your own company or doing something yeah you know? yeah like, and i think even like the things that you end up doing that are like not theater related right you know for day jobs or for whatever however you find your way into them that you know, I'm sure you agree, like for theater, we kind of need all those skill sets. In in some ways, we're like, we're managing our own companies. <laughs> you know, we're like our own little mini businesses, even as individual artists. Um, and I think that random skill sets that you can pick up if you're doing a random job somewhere, that comes in hand, you know? And so I think that just realizing that it all, 
whatever you're picking up along the way, be it skills or life lessons or whatever, like it all informs the way you make art as well. Yeah. So. I mean, it, not knowing what to do if we're, you're about to create a project that's going into different communities that you didn't know. Mm -hmm. It's like they didn't teach you that in a classroom. Right. <laughs> like, Uh, it was great to <laughs> listen to that conversation pre-pandemic. Uh, really loved, actually at the end, what we were talking about is just about how you incorporate and you become a leader through being a director and and the work that you create. And uh, one of the things, you know, that we were saying at the end, you know, they don't teach you that in a classroom necessarily. And as I think about how we're all innovating at this time, you know, uh, none of this was taught, you know, it wasn't until a couple of weeks ago. I mean, some people were teaching online before, but not until a couple of weeks ago, it was everybody online as a way of sharing and creating work and, and making it up. And, uh, I'm just really proud of all everybody for how innovative we are and I'm including myself in that for the farm, but, uh, but everybody, because we're finding ways of like, you know, it's not new that we're making one minute movies, or that we have a 24-hour monologue turnaround or a play turnaround. What is new is that our collaborators are in different states and different, you know, cities and that we're not seeing them face-to-face -face and that we're still figuring out a way to pass our information around and share it and build on it. And, uh, and we are trying to figure out how to, you know, we're innovating every day to figure out how to communicate and share the, with one another. And I think that's, it's amazing. Um, and I'm excited to, you know, it's funny, I talk about intentionality at the beginning of this, and I talked about, you know, creating with great purpose. I am happy every day to see what people are making. And I'm also happy, I was thinking about the podcast and thinking one of the things I do for my mental health uh, every day during the coronavirus is that I, um, I take a walk. I walk about three or four miles a day mainly for my mental health. Um, and thinking I used the, when we started the podcast, I wanted it to be an hour because I thought, Oh, people who are commuting in riding the subway from Brooklyn to Midtown for rehearsal or coming down from Washington Heights or something, you know, it'd be a good time for them to listen. And, you know, I'm still thinking the hour is good because it takes me about that long to go for the walk and hopefully, you know, it's keeping you company on your walk. And I'm, I was thinking about it and realizing that a lot of people are generating content, you know, starting podcasts while they're in uh, Corona and, you know, social distancing and creating work this way. And, and it gives people a lot. And hopefully you're finding time and finding an opportunity to get out of, you know, get out of your apartment and finding a reason needing an escape and needing something to listen to. And I hope, you know, I hope this is one of the things that's, bringing you comfort and keeping you inspired. Uh, I thought the conversation with Estefania was great and uh, very positive and made me, you know, motivated to to want to create. And I love the idea of, you know, creating works in different communities and that conversation and got me inspired. I hope it's getting you inspired. And I was thinking about all the work the farm's been doing. We, had a, we, we put on a production. We've done the podcast we're still doing our classes and um you know thinking about our community and going 
a little shy to say this, but what I'd hope is if you're finding these conversations useful, the, you know, with the director today, Rajiv, the uh, playwright, you know, all the things from the Southeast Theater Conference. And if it's interesting, you know, what I'm going to ask is if you can go to iTunes and rate it, give it a five-star rating and review it and let people know it helps uh, people find it, share it with people. And also let me know if there's any conversation you'd like us to be having or things you want to hear about, because uh, I'm hoping to keep, keep going for, you know, not only season two, but while the isolation, it's really been great to connect with people who maybe I couldn't get in the same room with uh, to do it over Zoom and who may not be in the same city. And then this has been really exciting. So uh, with that, I appreciate you listening. I hope you're well, uh, doing all you can to care for yourself. And basically that is the most important thing. Stay well and keep caring for yourself. And if you want to create, great. Look forward to seeing it. And if you're resting and taking a break and getting ready for the next uh, next big thing coming your way, that's good too. With that, we're out. <laughs>